And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Well, good morning, Lena, and happy Monday. Happy Monday. Do you ever feel rusty on a Monday morning, like you forgot how to speak? Because <laughs> I do. Always. Always. <laughs> Not just the Monday. I think, it, I think it flows into Tuesday and Wednesday as well. Yeah, it sort of bleeds into Tuesday and Wednesday, and by yeah. Thursday we're like back of the grind and we get it, and then Friday... Yeah. Friday and then we do it all over yeah. again on Monday. Yeah, I know. I know. The, reco <laughs> the recovery period is very short. Basically. <laughs> all right, listeners, hope you guys are having a better start to a brand new week. Uh, let's get started. Uh, as it did come with a morning, it does look like uh, trainee doctors at five major hospitals are set to walk out tomorrow morning. That is. Let's begin there. Our first keyword of the day. Medical strike. So Prime Minister Han Dok is urging doctors to refrain from taking collective action and not to take, uh, quote, people's lives hostage. This comes, of course, as training doctors are expected to quit today in protest of government's plan to increase the medical school admissions. What's the latest, Adam? Right. Well, uh, they already handed in their resignation. That happened last Tuesday, and they're actually expected to leave their respective uh, hospitals tomorrow. In fact, uh, not today, but uh, tomorrow. Now, this is raising concerns about the impact on medical services as the system relies heavily on them for especially emergency care. Now, Prime Minister Han said if doctors leave their jobs or take actions that cause a vacuum in healthcare, the damage will, of course, fall on the public. And he emphasized that any gap in medical services due to collective action would inappropriately use people's lives as hostage. And Han said the government will push forward with its decision on the enrollment quota hike, as well as a policy reform package. He stressed the necessity of the medical reform. He acknowledged the hardships faced by both patients and doctors, noting that doctors in essential medical fields are overworked and undercompensated. And he promised to implement the medical community's demands for a better working environment for doctors. And he pledged improvements in working conditions for resident physicians, uh, support for local hospitals and incentives incentives for medical professionals to work in regional areas. Furthermore, he committed to establishing a safety net for medical accidents and increasing compensation for doctors in essential medical fields and expressed gratitude, meanwhile, towards the medical community for their efforts during the COVID-19 pandemic, especially and uh, for resolution through dialogue, not collective action. Now, despite the government's call for dialogue, if the medical community proceeds with collective action, the government has reaffirmed its stance to respond strongly. So still uh, putting its feet down uh, while trying to persuade, uh, especially these trainee doctors, to not pursue their collective action. Now, the residents of these big five so-called mm. hospitals uh, are going to be walking out or quitting their positions, um, and it's expected that other residents uh, are going to follow suit uh, as well. So there's some major concerns, especially when it comes to medical care, mm. and patients are also expressing concerns as well. I believe students at uh, 40 medical schools nationwide have also said they will take collective action and take a leave of absence from uh, their studies. Now, with stakes so high on both ends, the government and the uh, doctors, no solid breakthrough is in the horizon. We'll wait and see. All right, let's move on to our second key word. Uh, it came as a surprise to most of us. Uh, we didn't really get any clue in during the working level talks. Now, the benefits of the newly established South Korea-Cuba ties. This is our second key word of the day. 
Korea Cuba pros. That's pretty straightforward. (laughs) (laughs) So the presidential office has touted the recent establishment of diplomatic ties with Cuba, saying it could have positive economic impacts for both sides. Tell us more. Yeah, so this was in a press release detailing the anticipated benefits across various sectors. Of course, as you said, there wasn't really much known during the working level talks, if there were any, when establishing these uh, diplomatic relations. Uh, Now, it said Cuba has significant mineral resources critical for battery production, especially for electric vehicles such as cobalt and nickel. Now, it noted that Cuba has been an untapped market due to the absence of diplomatic relations and that economic cooperation could gradually expand despite current trade limitations due to U.S. sanctions. Now, the top office sees opportunities for Korean businesses in consumer goods, electronics and machinery equipment sectors. Uh, Future economic agreements could alleviate restrictions for Korean businesses and the establishment of diplomatic missions could provide, of course, close support for their ventures uh, in Cuba. Now, Cuba, prioritizing the resolution of its chronic energy crisis for economic recovery, is exploring the expansion of power plants and renewable energy sources. This presents potential opportunities for Korean companies, which, of course, have strengths in generators, plants and uh, other energy sectors. Medical and biotechnology were also cited as potential sectors for future economic and research cooperation. Uh, The expansion of exports of Cuban products, such as, of course, the famous cigars and rum uh, to Korea, is anticipated (laughs) as well. Uh, Seoul is planning to set up a consulate in Cuba to help Korean visitors to the country. Of course, expanding, trying to expand tourism there as well. There has been some uh, in recent years. So the Korean government is trying to uh, double down on that. Now, the establishment, of course, of a diplomatic mission will allow for immediate 24-hour consular assistance in case of emergencies benefiting uh, benefiting tourists. It can also help facilitate visa applications for Cubans visiting Korea as well. So help some Cuban visitors coming to Korea. All right, we'll uh, build uh, that story a little bit further in our second hour with Professor Kim Byung-ju as well. So stick around. Uh, In the meantime, let's turn our attention to our third keyword of the day. G20 foreign ministers meeting. So the top diplomats of South Korea, the U.S. and Japan are expected to meet during the G20 foreign ministers meeting set to take place in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil this week. What can we expect? Right. Well, the G20 foreign ministers meeting will take place in the Brazilian city from Wednesday to Thursday. They are expected to reiterate their strong stance against North Korea. Foreign Minister Choteal is likely to hold separate bilateral talks with Antony Blinken and Yoko Kimikawa. It will be Chul's first face-to-face talks since taking office uh, last month, or first face-to-face talks with anyone, pretty much, uh, not just his counterparts since taking office. Uh, they are also expected to have a three-way meeting to talk about the situation with North Korea and to reaffirm their united stance against the North. Now, this series of meetings is significant because of recent interactions, of course, between North Korea and Japan. Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida has shown interest in a summit with uh, North Korea to discuss Japanese citizens abducted by North Korea. Kim Yo-jung, the North Korean leader's sister, has responded positively, suggesting that a visit to Pyongyang by Kishida could happen 
Uh, of course, if Japan does not challenge North Korea on certain issues, those were her words. Now, with North Korea threatening South Korea and potentially planning more military actions in response to a joint military exercise with the U.S. planned next month, strengthening the partnership among, of course, South Korea, the U.S. and Japan is seen um, as essential. And of course, those uh, that olive branch by North Korea uh, to Japan um, is seen by some as kind of potentially threatening the efforts by the UN administration to strengthen relations with Japan as well. So mm. this uh, meeting is timely uh, and goes with that agenda. All right, we'll leave it there for now so we can move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Health support. So Korean health authorities have announced a significant expansion of its in-depth health screening support program starting from today. This includes covering 80% of the cost for in-depth health examinations. That's for workers who are at high risk of brain and cardiovascular diseases. So those who work long evening hours, uh, taxi drivers, for example, or those who take care of delivery services overnight. I mean, we benefit a great deal from those delivery services, but should we take into account at what cost? Tell us the details. Yeah, certainly it's convenient for consumers yeah. like you and I, but of course for the people who are delivering those goods, mm. especially in the wee hours of the morning, of course, I can only imagine how excruciating uh, uh, it could be and, and, and uh, uh, the health kind of risks that come with that uh, line of job as well. So. Uh, not just those delivery personnel, but yes, as you said, taxi drivers, bus drivers, security guards as well. Uh, of course, uh, pretty much all apartments uh, and residential areas have security guards uh, 24 hours. And of course, they have to work long into the night of so these night shifts and long hours, of course, at uh, advanced age as well. Of course, increasing that risk of um, health issues. Now, the expansion will cover 80% of specialized screening costs and the full cost of health consultations at 55 designated medical institutions nationwide. Um, this ex uh, specialized examination aims to detect cardiovascular diseases that are not easily identified through regular health checkups. Now, the number of workers eligible for the support will be increased from 15,000 uh, last year to 20,000 this year and now includes those with long working hours. Uh, workers who undergo these in-depth ex examinations will also have access to free health promotion programs at 45 uh, workers' health centres across the country. Uh, those needing immediate treatment will be referred to larger hospitals for further care um, as well. So the government is certainly um, to, uh, paying attention to these uh, kind of vulnerable groups mm. uh, when it comes to these health risks uh, involved with these working hours. Uh, we wake up quite early in the morning, but I guess we don't really have a say when it comes to these people. We don't really <laughs> compare about I don't think there's a comparison there. Or at least they're trying to extend these, what seems like an important way of gauging if someone is more at risk of cardiovascular and cerebrovascular diseases. Mm. Leave it there for now. Now, should going to college cost more, higher price for higher education? That's what's happening in Korea. Our final keyword of the day. Tuition hike. So 14% of Korea's four-year universities decided to increase their tuition fees this year. This comes after the limit for how much they can raise fees was raised. So the second they give a little bit leeway, yeah. the university said, we need more money. Tell us more. 
Yeah, so they're pouncing on the opportunity here, aren't they? And uh, this hike sparked some universities to opt out of what's known uh, as the National Scholarship 2 program in favour of raising tuition. Now, this decision comes with the belief that the extra income from higher tuition will make up for the loss of scholarship funds. Now, this could lead to the highest number of schools raising fees since 2012, when the government began pushing for tuition freezes through uh, that scholarship programme. Now, out of 137 universities, 19 have announced they are raising their tuition fees. Last year, 17 out of 193 universities increased their fees. Uh, the number of universities increasing their fees this year is about 1.6 times higher uh, than last year. Now, most universities are keeping their tuition the same, while only Chongzhou University is actually lowering um, its fees. Now, the reason for the increases is, is due to the financial struggles universities face after many years of freezing or lowering tuition fees. The government has encouraged schools to keep tuition fees steady. Now, not all universities have shared their plans for tuition yet, so more may announce some increases. It's still early uh, in the year. We might see some more plans for future years to come. Now, mm. an education official mentioned that the government should let universities decide their own tuition fees and should outline a long-term plan for investment uh, in higher education. So, yes, uh, it's um, been a while since there's been a, a significant tuition fee hike uh, but of course everything in, a, uh, in this era everything is becoming more expensive so why not i guess <laughs> and, and also i guess in the long term sense we have to take into consideration the changing demographic if there are less students overall does that imply less students enrolling in colleges too and should colleges like elementary middle and high school be better prepared for that yeah that is a good point i mean of course uh, there is a shrinking population a smaller uh, student uh, population, student body as well happening in, in Korea and it's only likely to be exacerbated as the years go by. So, of course, uh, fewer students uh, going to universities and how will the universities remain sustainable and maintain their finances? Well, they only have one choice but to raise the tuition uh, fees. But will there be some backlash from students and parents alike that's of course uh, we'll have to wait and see and how do how will the universities respond to that backlash if there is any so yeah it's a tough one but uh, for the time being going to university will be a bit more expensive than before because the second i said the demographic issue i realized it could be a cyclical thing right and and, yeah. a, and a bad cycle at that is it so inviting to say that we need more students but tuition's higher I, that's that doesn't sound like an invitation either <laughs> right exactly it's a, it's, a, it's a tough issue to handle but it's the uh, it's the age we're living in at the moment unfortunately mm. so uh, unless there's any significant turnaround uh, and any resolution to the problem it's only going to uh, get worse as the mm. years go by. I wish we came bearing better news on a Monday morning. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> if only. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.